No, I will say for Sandy. Sandy's at CGBS rule. Follow her. She's amazing. She doesn't tweet that much. That's what's cool That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's I thought I'd I tweet like. all the time. I thought it was like really annoying. April 10th, 2016. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. And I'm Yannick. And this is Pixels Weekly. Sandy and Yannick, we are here again. Yay. I want you to have a Very different song every time. I think we could do that. I think Yannick needs to have a song. <laughs> so is Sandy and Yannick. I mean, it's true. Every time Let's there's a really genuine excitement of meeting back every weekend. Look at this. I bought... I bought a uke a ukulele that I don't know how to play. Yay! You, <laughs> I thought you always had one. Yannick, <laughs> we are here. Okay, it's obviously not. No, it was good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> Do it just, again. We're just gonna it's check good. on. We're just gonna check on your on your ukulele <laughs> skills. <laughs> we should all play the ukulele. We should. We should all learn how to play it, myself yeah. included. Why do we always uh, bother about copyrights? Which is just let you know Ryan do the musical break with the ukulele. That's right. No hmm? permission uh, needed. No. Exactly. Confidence. Unless we're not original. In that case, you know. <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> so what do we have this week for Hodgepodge, guys? I'm really excited about this week's Hodgepodge. A lot of fun stuff. I think the, the big things right now, it's gearing up for convention season. So we have the international tickets went on sale, sold out. T.I. Yeah, T.I. 2016. BlizzCon. BlizzCon 2016 is going to be huge. This is the 10th anniversary for BlizzCon. Tickets go on sale April 22nd and April 23rd. So that should be really exciting. And that would be BlizzCon is the... I was going to say, for people who know, what happens at TI <laughs> what, and BlizzCon? What are all these things that happen? TI would be the... Or the International is the last major for the Dota 2 Finals. And that's the premier tournament for Dota 2 players. Then BlizzCon. BlizzCon is pretty much everything blizzard blizzard related but it's also home to the finals for starcraft 2 hearthstone uh here's a storm and now overwatch overwatch will be officially out when blizzcon takes place so there should be some overwatch tournaments for that as well oh man and world of warcraft has tournaments that's fun what i i don't i try to watch it i don't understand it it's an arena mode I don't get it, but people play it, and there's money in it. So. <laughs> I don't get it, but people play it. <laughs> it's, I, I play WoW for the game. I don't really play it for the PvP aspect. And the last bit is eSports Olympics. That should be really interesting. It's also in Rio. Everything's in Brazil. The Brazilians get all the cool stuff. Mm. But... It's a huge esports tournament. 
national teams, people coming in, all all your big games will be there. Your Dota, your Halo, your StarCraft, all that will be there. And you're defending your country for the top gaming title. And that's pretty cool. It's, yeah, we have an Olympics. Suck it, other sports. Crazy. Yeah, so um, when you sent me that article, I remember, it made me remember of a time of, like, another article that I read or another news that I read where there was this project of doing the equivalent of Olympic Games in esports and in, like, digital sports in general. Will that Olympic East, like, they call it e-games, right? Am I correct? I think... You're going to call those this event the e-games, right? Yes, e-games. And is it going to be... Are we going to have stuff like not just video games, like stuff like drone racing, which is an actual sport? And I remember, I think, two weeks ago, <laughs> a 15-year-old kid won the drone racing contest of some sort. Uh, is that going to be a thing? Or is it just, like, exclusively games and the traditional e-sports scene that we all know and we talk about here on the show a lot? It's... PC games, console games, they're thinking of mobile games. So your Hearthstone, you can play on a mobile device. Oh, and man. I have seen them for the uh, for BlizzCon, they play Hearthstone on iPads. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. But it's, it's your big games, your Call of Duties, StarCraft, all that kind of stuff. That's what we're looking at. God, Video all of this games. makes me feel super old. It, <laughs> super old. It makes me feel super amazing. <laughs> all right, uh... Yannick, what is your hodgepodge? Uh, we need, <laughs> I'm only going to do one chord. We need something more. Yeah, we need more than Yannick's one chord for this one because everybody knows here that I love this game and I'm. I'm. <laughs> I can finally say <laughs> with the ukulele in the background that the drought is over, ladies and gentlemen. The drought oh, is over. The, con- the content drought is over. <laughs> Destiny is getting in an update on April 12th. If you follow Destiny, you probably heard about it. Um, I wanted to recap the last stream reveal that they had the last Tuesday. So this content is free. Uh, it's just going to be an update. It's just going to be you downloading a patch on your game and you will just update and add new stuff. The big thing is that they are completely revisiting the Prison of Elders activity. Uh, I remember, Ryan, you played with me a year ago. It was this activity that was introduced into the House of Wolves expansion DLC. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like this arena mode uh, where you combat and fight waves on enemies in different rounds. Um, there's up to six rounds in the highest level difficulty in the past and when you finish all those rounds you get uh, to go to the treasure room or you get treasures out of it and you know the last run is a boss so it's kind of like those rounds that are repeated here they kind of like revisited they made it more replayable meaning you're going to have bounties bounties that are going to have to be uh, kind of quests or activities that you're going to have to complete and each rounds you cannot really be um passive in those rounds because you're going to have to accumulate points for each monsters that you kill and those points are going to be filling out quests you know there's going to be requirements like every week you're going to have to do a round where you uh you have to get thirty thousand points uh and then on a weekly basis you have to gather ninety thousand points i'm i'm I'm, i don't know exactly the numbers but there is going to be um also with that new rewards with that update so you're going to have new armor new weapons around that activity obviously um, new set of gears and the biggest thing about gear is that they're gonna have stuff called chroma so on certain gear you're gonna be able to add a certain color to your gear there's gonna be yellow i think white red and blue and so like i love this you know there's gonna be 
the, the those like new specter gear and those each faction uh if people play destiny they probably know the faction dead orbit new monarchy and future wall call they each gonna have a new set of gear for each uh, subclass warlock titan and hunter and each of those gear you're gonna be able to apply a chroma those chroma the way you get them the way you loot them they're items that you get from activities you can get them from uh, multiple activities but mainly from this new box that you get and you can earn up to three what they're called sterling treasures boxes per week why do they have to have a custom name for everything they, i know it's crazy it gets colors. it gets really complicated and it's um, not colors you guys it's chroma yeah and those sterling treasures uh boxes and this is where i'm also going to go into the controversial part of this of this update um mm. but let me finish with that first sterling treasure boxes uh are a source for new armor chroma so the you know the little transmog like colors. they're not shaders <laughs> people know if they play destiny shaders are the one that change the color of your of your of your um armor but chroma and i forgot to mention it you can apply it to to weapons as well weapons and armor and they're kind of like you know new lights that you can you know kind of like you know when you go on need for speed on your car and you put neon light under under the car you know those kind mm. of stuff it's not the painting of it but it's new it's lights around the car that make it look a little bit more shiny so you take it like that oh interesting new ships um they look really amazing new sparrows new um and new boosts for your reputation and that's what you get in the tre- sterling treasure how do you get those boxes you play uh pvp matches um one weekly pvp match in the week uh, so that will force you you know like come back every week play a little bit of pvp complete the revamp the revisit uh prison of elders activity where also in that activity you'll find those monsters the taken you know they they add a new taken bosses in there they have oh, no. uh, put put in jail some it's trail the- um, taken, taken like evil monsters um they are in the prison you're gonna have to combat them and yeah and and therefore every weekly reset every tuesday you come back to your postmaster and he will give you give you the sterling treasure boxes that you deserve from the activity you did the week before now the things that those sterling treasure boxes can um be purchased via uh in-game transaction people say that it's only cosmetics and i will give a little warning on that uh it's gear that you can infuse so technically you can make that you can get gear on there armor not weapons but armor and they are at the lowest light so they're pretty much to simplify irrelevant for combat they're not powerful enough for combat but potentially they have perks and uh, stats that are relevant for you so if you want to optimize your gear and have the exact you know you want to have more ammo for your sniper rifle then you can buy those sterling treasure boxes and uh, Mm. get a chest piece that has the the sniper rifle ammo boost and you can get away with that just by buying stuff not even playing the game anymore so people have been on the verge being like is it pay to win is it not people are like all right whatever if you want to pay it's not going to change my game it's not like you're going to be you know super overpowered and everything but whatever i don't want to take too long on that there's a lot more to this update they're um bringing back some popular year one legendary weapons uh that we saw obviously being deprecated with the year two version of the game uh, they're bringing them back they're updating it uh they're bringing some other old exotic as well they have one ps4 exclusive sniper rifle uh it's called a zen midair it's like that explosive like sniper rifle if you kill people with the three bullets in the magazine it gives you a fourth one that is grants a huge explosion if you hit someone with it um Mm -hmm. 
It's kind of like you charge a sniper rifle, so that would be super fun to play with. There's going to be a Taken Sword. So you remember in the Taken King and that new game, they introduced Sword, and there's going to be a new, cool-looking, badass Taken Sword. Pretty wicked stuff. And yeah, and besides that, they're gonna have um, they're gonna have a, a few shaders, a lot of cosmetic stuff, uh, a few changes to the crucible, the weapon balancing, the sandbox. But mainly, the main purpose of this update is to come to answer to complaints of people that have been saying that they can only uh, get maximum light, they can farm gear only by doing the raid. You know, they can get to max level only doing the raid. They've introduced that new light system. The only problem is that at end game, the only thing that would really helped you get to max light levels would be the raid and now they have extended they have kind of like forgot about that mechanic and they have allowed every activity strikes crucible prison of elders and the raid which is the uh, quarter the you know oryx that's good to 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 give you to give you um uh, a gear that will that will that will that will have um that will have relevant light level and uh so essentially each... getting people to do a variety of things again instead of just yeah. one thing so it's complicated for people that don't don't don't, don't play it but uh, to to sum it up they really want you to be either you're a casual guy that cannot find five people to do a raid with or you can be that guy that still has a solid raid group um uh, either path will get you at some point whether it's you know the most optimized or not it can get you to the max light level and you know it won't exclude you from any activity um if you if you if you only can do strikes here and there 20 30 minutes per day uh you can still do it and you can you know it's matchmaking so you can jump in there alone and you will be matchmade with two people and you will still be able to get relevant gear out of it because what's happening right now is that there are those activities that nobody do anymore because the only thing they reward is gear that is so light level like so not powerful that it's not even worth doing those stuff except for fun and except if you like the mission if you really love the game but there, there, there's been there's been a there, there's going to be a lot of stuff here for a free update uh last year we would have seen such content coming out we would have been like oh, how much is going to be this time it's for free so can't complain about it we're really expecting the more to come and the bigger piece to come out in fall probably for a potential dlc but those are only rumors don't take it for certain but well it's the internet i'm sure they'll find a way to complain about it somehow oh yeah everyone's it's, it's gonna happen <laughs> um it's not the internet's for speaking of online persistent world shooters i'm at level 30 in the division and uh now I'm kind of doing the like end game stuff, the dailies, uh, and and that type of thing. And uh, I didn't know this until I read it this week. But if you play the division and you think you're going to continue to play the division once new stuff comes out on Monday, there's a patch coming out that drastically changes uh, what your materials are worth. And when I say drastically changes, I mean for the worse. So. Take all of your low-level materials now and convert them to high-level materials. You can go to the main base. I was giving like a tutorial. Go to the main base, <laughs> go to the now. crafting station, and you'll find out how to turn all your lower-level materials into higher-level materials. It's going to become way more costly to do that starting on Monday. So do it. Oh, no, the show comes out on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you still have time. I so think they apply it on Tuesday. You. I think they apply it on Tuesday out. early morning, I think. So you still have time. You have Monday to do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and we may it. talk about this update, which Call is... Call out sick from whatever respective job. It'll publish on Sunday night, this podcast. So uh, my hodgepodge this week is something that is uh, a little 
tumultuous for me, if I'm being honest. Uh, you guys know about Final Fantasy VII, yes? You know mm-hmm. that they're remaking this game? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what you may or may not know is that there's been a lot of news on it since it was originally announced. And one of the pieces of news that came out maybe a few months back is that Final Fantasy VII, the remake, uh, and Final Fantasy VII is my favorite Final Fantasy of all time, is was going to be episodic or come out in parts. And this made everyone go... Oh, God. (laughs) Final Fantasy VII was one game. It was meant to be played as one experience all the way through. The idea of it being episodic kind of left a nasty taste in a lot of people's mouths, um, myself included. But just this week, uh, in an interview with the uh, game's producer, Yoshinori Kiratsu, which I think is how you say that. Um, He said, quote, it will essentially be a full-scale game for each part of the multi-part series. If we were just looking at each of these parts, one part would be on par with the scale of one Final Fantasy thirteen game. Now, that was reported by IGN. This is great news. To me, this is great news because you can go on howlongtobeat.com and see the Final Fantasy thirteen uh, and thirteen two. Um, these, these games are about anywhere from 20 to 50 hours long each. And I think that that's a good amount of time to spend with a Final Fantasy. And if we're getting three of those out of Final Fantasy VII, now I'm curious, are they going to do multiple acts? And because that game does have breakpoints that split well into acts, or are they going to tell it from multiple sides of the story that there's characters in that game, or it's very ripe to hear their side of the Final Fantasy VII story, especially the bad guy, Sephiroth. But uh, I won't talk too much more about Final Fantasy VII because I'll be talking about it again later on. But that's uh, <laughs> that's my hodgepodge for the week. There's been a lot of Final Fantasy news. There's Final Fantasy VII, the remake, and the new game coming out with the movies and the shorts and all that stuff. So it's... Oh, 15. Yeah. It's an exciting time for Final Fantasy fans. So as you may know, and if you may have listened to the episode probably two episodes ago or three episodes ago, I've never played any Final Fantasy in my life. Um, I should leave the show right now or again and maybe no. return. But no. which one should I... Which one should I jump into with, like you said, all those new Final Fantasy coming out? It, you know, it kind of tickles me. It kind of makes me want to dive into one of them. And uh, should I go for the classic remake or should I go for the brand new one? What should I do? Sandy, you start. That's such a hard question. That it's it's hard to say because Final Fantasy VII has Technically you've already recommended a starting <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy on this show. Final Fantasy VII is near and dear to many people's hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's the game that they love. And some people are super excited for the remake, some people aren't. And Final Fantasy fifteen kind of brings it back to the original storytelling. It's super basic. Kid needs to get his kingdom back, and it's a story about friendship, and Florence and the Machine are doing Stand By Me. So it's so hard. 
Uh, I don't even know. I can't get them both. <laughs> I guess my question to you, Yannick, is <laughs> can you stand? Can you stand turn-based combat? I've never been into turn-based combat. Okay, so you're probably not going to like most of the traditional Final Fantasies. Um, right. This is a true RPG. Yeah. A lot of people fall into different camps. I am in a Final Fantasy VII camp. Uh, it sounds like Sandy's fiancé is in the Final Fantasy VI camp. Uh, my brothers, uh, two of my younger brothers are in the Final Fantasy X camp. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think here's the good news for you. If you've got a Vita or an iPhone, you can go download Final Fantasy VI for 15 bucks. On your PS4, you can download... 10 HD uh, and uh, you can also download 7 uh, and then Final Fantasy 15 might be good for you I yep. mean it seems like it's going to be active combat it'll be you know next gen graphics it'll it'll be beautiful it looks beautiful so far in everything I've seen yep. the PlayStation 4 version does look better uh, and it's Xbox a simple version. story <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm I'm just excited no matter what, and and Final Fantasy 15. People have been waiting a long time for a proper Final Fantasy. This one has been like ten years in the making. So do you feel like it's going to impact badly the fact that the Final Fantasy 7 remake is not just one game but three full games? Is it three time the the fun, or is it just going to ruin the series, ruin the remake? In your opinion, that's a good question. I mean, like I said before, Final Fantasy 7 as it is. When it originally shipped on PlayStation, when I bought it, or when I convinced my mom to buy it, <laughs> um, it came on three discs. So the game, in and of itself, structurally, does have kind of three points where you would go, okay, it seems like now we're ready to go and do you know, the next leg of this journey and, and, and sort of tell this part of the story. I don't know if they're going to break it up like that or how they're going to break it up, but I, if it was going to be just a couple hour chunks at a time, I was worried. Now I'm excited. So I, if these are $60 games each, I'll pay $60 for the first one and maybe they're going to get $180 out of me or maybe it'll just be 60 but we'll find out together. Yeah, I don't think the remake will cannibalize the new game at all people have been waiting for such a long time for a proper remake and they're going ham square enix is going ham there's a super duper collector's edition there's a collector's edition there's a regular edition there's a digital version and (laughs) i think people that want it will buy everything there's movies there's a, a youtube series they're really going all in with this story and if you want to start fresh, if you want to know why everyone loves Final Fantasy and you want those new graphics, mm-hmm. 15 is probably the way to go. Okay. Da, 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 da. All right, you guys did something for editorial this week that I didn't get to see. So what are we talking about on editorial? Hold on, wait. What are we talking about on editorial? It's almost Zelda-ish. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe. Not. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not. It was exciting. It was awesome. Sandy and I, just like last week, we went to, if you guys have missed that, listen to the last, to episode six, uh, to episode of last week, where we went and met 
uh, with um, the director of the Twitch Developer Success Program at Twitch. And we came back to the NYU Game Center for another talk, completely different, something completely more generic, just more. We had the author, Catherine Isbister, and correct me if I spell it, say it wrong. That's correct. You said it correctly. Yay. Catherine Isbister. And she wrote a book, How Game Moves Us. Sandy and I started reading it last weekend because uh, we were uh, anticipating uh, talking about that on the show. And the name of the book is How Games Move Us. Polygon also made an article about her and about there is a lot There is a lot that's being said. There is a lot of investigation that she made and how game creators are figuring out different ways to spring actual feelings from the jaded corridors of our sieges. So that's a quote from, from, the, from the Polygon article. Um... And during during the talk, uh, she really, you know, also gave us a history of the fact that right now we are in an era where cinematic techniques got better. Um, you know, before when you would do games, they wouldn't be the the cinemax wouldn't be as immersive. It wouldn't be in game graphics. It would be kind of like you know mini movies or mini short, you know, clips, and it would therefore transition you to the game if there was cinematics. Um, and she talked about the importance of having a, a flow. And I remember one quote of the book that is really, really sums it up and can kick off the, the topic, our discussion this week. A good game is a set of interesting choices. Sandy, I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what you felt about that talk. If you've read the whole book, I haven't finished it, honestly, but I've, I've read a good part of it. And she mentioned a couple of games and, and one game that I actually finished today, Journey, that I want to go back to later and explain how what she says in the book reflects itself really well in the game Journey. And I know... Ryan, oh, you, you finished Journey. I finished it today. And I was Great. like, I, I was missing it's 30 minutes. Game. I was, I was finished. <laughs> yeah. Um, but go ahead, game. Sandy. Tell us a little bit about the, about the talk, about the book itself. The big thing that's really interesting that she talks about, she's actually a PhD in psychology and she's one of the founding members of the NYU Game Center, which makes it even more interesting, is that there's... Certain things that when we play a game, there's certain things we feel, there's certain emotions that are being pulled out of us, and they're being pulled out of us very intentionally. And she talks about journey, she talks about Japanese dating simulations, she talks about The Sims. And there was one quote, uh, I believe she's talking about Sid Meier, where he's playing this very basic, rudimentary game, and the point of the game was. You have um, a little pet, and what you can do with this pet is you either make it really good by treating it well, or you make it evil by abusing it. And over time, he started abusing his pet, and he felt really guilty about it because deep down, he knew this was wrong. And it's how our social interactions reflect into our gameplay and into what we do and how we feel about certain things. She also brought up Bioshock where you have the choice of do you save the little sister or do you not save the little sister here's something that's super grotesque and evil and is worthy of dying but at the same time it's also worthy of being saved and how we feel about what we do and I remember playing Bioshock and playing the little sister and I was like I'm gonna save her and my brother decided to um, not save the little sister and I punched him because I was so angry at him. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. 
And I'm like, why would you do something so terrible? And he's like, well, I get more Adam if I do this. And I'm like, but is it worth it? Is it worth your soul? But it's not, it's not really because you're not, you're not really the character. It's all fake. It's all make-believe. But this is something that's so deeply enrooted into us that I'm like, you're, you're killing a child. You're a terrible human being. I hate yeah. you. <laughs> it was a great talk. I mean, she talked about NPCs, uh, which are non-player, non-player characters. She also talked about avatars and how we connect with our avatars. And as she's talking, I'm thinking, yes, this is all true. In Fallout, you have a pet dog. And if something happens to your dog, you're super upset. All those little things that game designers do that you don't really pick up until someone else points them out and you're like, this is my life. My life is in the game. Now, let let me ask you guys this because I think you just highlighted something, Sandy, which is there are kind of two... Maybe not just two, but there are different types of gamers, and some types of gamers are min-maxers, right? They're truly trying to play the game, and that's what your brother was doing with Bioshock, right? He's like, well, the game is, like, they want to win, right? And the way the connection was, I win by getting the most atoms, so I'm the strongest, (laughs) so I'll just do whatever the game says I need to do to do that. Right. But you were playing the game as kind of an experience where being the most powerful person in that game wasn't necessarily the important thing to you but you were bringing into that game your own moral sensibilities and your you, you tried to maybe either make your own decisions and, or inhabit that character that you were playing yourself and try and make the decisions that you think that that character would make or the decisions that you think are right there's also, in the book, they talk about a game called Waco, and it's about this cult leader, and you play as the cult leader, and you're preventing the FBI from getting to your compound. You're playing a really insidious character, mm-hmm. but you have to kind of take the role of that person to protect the compound to get a better understanding as to why they're doing it. And some people are flipping out. Some people are like, this is insane. You're not going to place a game of World War II with Hitler. You're not, Hitler's never going to be the protagonist of a World War II game. Right. But then it's maybe we should do that. Maybe we should do that so you can feel why certain things are incorrect. And the video game as a, video games as a medium can be a medium for huge social change because of the emotions that it can pull out of us. So that dragon cancer, that dragon cancer talks about two parents and their, their dichotomy of being religious and not being religious and having to go through losing a child. That's hopefully an experience. None of us will have to go through, Mm -hmm. but it's still an experience that someone put into a video game and it pulls emotions out of us. It's something that we would very much feel but we're feeling it because someone else had already gone through it. So it, it makes us a little bit more aware of being human, I guess, in, in, a, in a weird way. Because we experience things that we would never be able to. Yeah, we're, I mean, she really mentioned that our, our, our mindset and our, 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 our soul is being tricked by those emotions, right? Like she said, like, like Sandy just mentioned, when your dog dies and fall out but it's not a real one someone outside of the game that would be a viewer doesn't feel the same way and there is also that one thing that she uh, 
that she really also emphasizes is that there is such a difference between as much as we promote and talk about Twitch and everything, viewers will have certain type of emotions, but you will never match equally the emotions of the player, the person that plays, the person that has the controller, that has the power of making those choices. There is one quote that I want to get from the book as well that I highlighted. People talk about how games don't have the emotional impact of movies. I think they do. They just have a different palette. I never felt pride or guilt watching a movie. And that's Will Wright, the designer of The Sims. And um, it's interesting because um, uh, there is this aspect of the Avatar that that's kind of like us um, in the world that we're going to be set in. And there is the there are the, the, the social interactions uh, that are the, the one of the most important part. Because ultimately, even in real life, we all have goals. And in those goals, there are social goals. And, um, and this is where you, in a game, uh, there is kind of like that, they call, talk about that in psychology, and I remember from her saying that, I didn't know about those terms before, but I learned a lot during this talk, and she said in games there is kind of like that appraisal of, of, um, appraisal of goals, um, appraisal of emotions meaning the emotions are always tied up to goals and so the goals that you will set up and that the game will set up for you will therefore kind of like set up the emotions that you will gonna get you know if in mm. fallout for some reason they were telling you that the dog was evil then your goal was to kill it and you wouldn't feel guilt losing it you'll feel proud you'll feel accomplished um and um, she, she, she mentioned that, that thing is that when in a game you have those certain goals, then the game mechanics come in play. Then the game mechanics has a really important uh, part of it. Because in any type of entertainment, um, you kind of want to have that what they call the flow. And the flow is kind of like finding that right balance as you progress through a game, any type of game. It has to be that right balance where you have to find that sweet spot in the game mechanic and the game design where yeah. they have the right amount of ability to meet the challenges at hand. If you have too little ability, it can result in anxiety and frustration. And the other way around, too little challenge can result in boredom or apathy. And so you kind of like have, you know, she, she draw that graph of like where challenge is on the y-axis, ability is on the x-axis, and the flow zone is kind of like on that, you know, that shape on the 45-degree angle where yeah. the flow kind of like, you know, the flow is kind of like that line that fluctuates into that flow zone. Um, and obviously a hardcore player will have a, a higher tolerance and that's going to be their flow when there's more challenges for less abilities. And for novice, it's the, only, the novices, it's the only way, it's the other way around. You need more abilities for less challenge. And this is where, you know, most of the games really have to be thought around that where you want, to, you want them to, you want people to feel emotions, but you need them to be in that flow constantly. I think flow is something too that in terms of game design, Nintendo does so exceedingly well in terms of a Mario game, a novice, you know, can sort of muddle their way through a level, make it to the exit with kind of minimal amount of sweat on their brow and go, ooh, you know, I did it. Um, but there are certainly certain levels in a Mario game, or if you want to say get all the stars in the level, um, or get all the red coins where you are going to be, you're going to be pretty good at Mario in order to pull some <laughs> of that stuff off. Yeah. Flow state is interesting because flow 
I think it's why so many people, different people, different types of gamers identify with different types of games because they're everybody's flow, right? It's like you can kind of group them together, but everybody really has a very particular skill set and they're good at particular things like for example i'm not so good at like memorizing things so games that require me to memorize a lot of things like a moba for example know every character know every ability know what i'm going to be facing at any moment i'm really lousy at that whereas a game that is a little bit more like like i love a forza game where i'm kind of trying to feel the engine and 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 feel the car pull around a turn and there's a little bit more uh art than science in the particular handling of a car even though those games are extremely uh rooted in science and physics i love being able to feel you know the the vehicle and kind of fight with it around a turn or or you know feel the drift and and those type of things so i'm exceedingly good at that when i try to explain that to my brother he goes I don't really know what you're talking about. I don't really mm. like that type of game. <laughs> Meanwhile, when I play an RPG with him and he's telling me, you know, my brother, my two youngest brothers can, they know what the item drop in Diablo is based on the tiny little icon it is on the ground. And then they're like, oh, that's either going to roll stamina for you. You better, you hope it rolls stamina or it's going to roll something else. I was like, how do you remember that? Like, I can't do it. Yeah, flow, man. That That really does greatly affect how I emotionally respond and feel to a game. Yeah, ultimately we're all, and uh, Sandy, I think it, you know, she, she mentioned that during the talk, it really struck me when she, when she said it. Whether we want it or not, when we jump into a game, um, and I think I can talk for people that are hardcore players that have played a lot of games, and I can talk for even like novice people that have never played a game before, and that's the first game they dive in. Softcore. We have... <laughs> We have what, softcore, the softcore people. Softcore we have people. all of us, and that's where that's why. So where, where's the softcore coming from? <laughs> I mean, if, if, if hardcore is one end of the spectrum, it's yeah, got to be yeah. softcore. Right? It has to be yeah. uh, I'm, I'm softcore. Yeah. Softcore. Softcore. Uh, we all, no matter what, how we qualify ourselves around video games, and uh, no matter what game we're gonna get in, that's what define what defines the what defines a, a game uh, and what makes us like it or not is that we always have those predictable emotional experience we always predict what we're gonna get right it's like if we play a lot of rpgs the next rpg is like okay i'm gonna kill this boss i'm predicting achievement and i'm predicting to receive something i'm predicting to receive enough loot if i don't receive any loot frustration comes in and that's not a good emotion to have with a game that's not a good interaction when you get into a soccer into a sports game um, you might just want to have the arcade experience where everything blows apart. It's easy to it's easy to play. You might have to predict yeah. that emotion being easy to handle, easy to grab, easy to play, and have fun with it. Or you were the guy that like you, Ryan, where you really want to feel the engine. But before you jump into a Forza, or even if you will jump into another one, you will think about Forza and Forza Motorsport experience, and you will predict that. You know the engine feels right. That the the the, the driving feels the way you want to feel it. Sure. You know, and uh, it's not like we have low tolerance for new stuff, but there is always that little. We always predict some stuff to come back and, and be there to reward us, or and 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 that's you know our personality will affect what we predict in in every game. You know, Sandy might look for something else, but each game will be like emotions that strike us and as much as we play it more and that's why some people always like sometimes have 
can play 16 hours a, a day a game or League of Legends and everything because the emotions don't get tired. The emotions and the achievement is still here. Happy Monday, listeners. I am interrupting the middle of the podcast that you're listening to at work or in the car or on the toilet. You're not listening to this on the toilet, are you? That's a little gross. I'm okay with it, but it's a little gross. I just wanted to interrupt and tell you that the next section of the podcast, we're going to get into a spoiler discussion of Journey. Yannick just finished it, and he really wants to tell his story. So, if you don't want to have Journey spoiled for you, it's only a couple hours long and you can get it. So fast forward this episode to 50 minutes and 23 seconds, or enjoy us talking about Journey. And the last part for me, I mean, and it's the last chapter that I haven't read, and I want to talk about it because I finished Journey today. Um, If you guys, you guys have probably heard us talk about it on the show, if you follow us, but uh, Journey is $15. If you don't have it on your console, you are making a mistake. You should grab it. Um, now he finally knows, Sandy. Now he finally knows. Yeah. Yes, he knows. It's, it's such a good game. The end is the end is beautiful. And even me hearing about this game during the talk and reading a little bit about it in the book, I jumped and finished the last thirty minutes, really focusing on what are my, my emotions, really looking at what this game is about. And without any spoilers, you play that character that you don't personalize. It's that character that doesn't have a lot of facial expression. It has a basic outfit. It's just that cape, you know, red and everything. Mm-hmm. And you're so... It's one of the few games where you play a hero when it's your avatar. But turns out your avatar is so small compared to the world that surrounds you. You are a tiny little thing. And you see those huge mountains and those huge monuments and structures... That are gorgeous, but they're scary. Even the enemies are, you don't, you don't, you know, you don't even know how you can, how you can survive those things when they're in front of you. And, uh, and you're that tiny little thing that progressed through that, through that beautiful world. And it's, but it's so dangerous around. And then at some point, this is where the social interaction part that she mentioned in her book comes in. There's that one little tiny other character that joined you through your journey and sometimes they disappear and sometimes they reappear and at the end of the game I really this afternoon I really focused on that and I was so happy to have that person come back with me and sometimes leave when they would leave me for my you know at some point into the adventure uh, in in the world I would lose them that's how the game does like sometimes you play with someone and sometimes you don't but I was talking about that with your brother yesterday and I talked about it with Sandy I was <laughs> devastated, but at the f- in the first hours that I played, there was no visual cue that it let me expect that I'm playing with someone else. There is nothing that, there's no cues. Curtis, your brother, I talked about that with him yesterday. I was like, hey, so I read that book and I went to that talk of that author and she just taught me that the game that I've been playing, Journey, I, when there is another character similar to me, just my other twin, it's an actual person that plays with me. And I've been torn by it, playing it, not knowing if it was an AI, artificial intelligence, or if it was a real person. It right, really triggered sometimes me. Sometimes they do something where you're like, oh, that seems, that seems like a real person. Yeah. Right? But I wasn't sure. Because then that real person really looks like an AI in the way it behaves sometimes. <laughs> right. And so I'm like, is it a real person? And just, like, I don't know. That therefore, after that, it just, you know, they just 
capture movement of that real person and then they transfer to an AI, uh, it becomes a bot after that. I don't know. But it still, it still, you know, really tricked me. And I was like, oh, now I kind of want to replay it again and see those people appear. And, and, and there's that beautiful last scene, of the way it happens. It's just, it's just gorgeous. And I'm like, oh my God. And I was so, I was having so many emotions. I was sad it was done because I could have done it for another two hours. Um, but well, I was. You can even play the game again. That's the the cool part about that game. Yeah. It's you can play it again, and it's such a. When I played the game, it I was like, "Don't leave me, other person. You're the only one here," and it it makes you realize how much in real life you want to belong to something, and if you can't belong to something, you want to have at least somebody else there with you enjoying the experience. And I'm like, oh my god, this is life. And one of the things about, I, I have to say this about Journey, is that like, once you also realize you're playing with someone else, and the game gives you only one rudimentary method of communication, right? Which is pinging, or, or yeah. Yeah, making a sound. Um, there's something to that that like, I wanted to, I wanted to thank <laughs> the person yeah yeah i just yeah. wanted to be able to say something to them and I, and you can't oh i have the of the the final scene in my head you know that oh, i can't say it it's not uh, just you can't spoil. say it it's, it's <laughs> well, so how about good this? though how about this before our whole talk here i will Journey interject into the show telling people what timestamp <laughs> they can go to if they don't want to hear any spoilers so yeah no talk about the end because we should i mean it's, it's been out for like a few years like four so right yeah it's been I, remastered and it's been out already but yeah the end is really okay. you i mean i'm gonna englobe the end in like a, the, a larger probably a larger scene that you guys think but when you go up that hill with that storm and uh in the very, very far uh, horizon, there is that other person that climbs a little bit before you. It climbs this like snowy storm and gets you know blown by the wind left and right. And it's the same for you. And as much as the control gave you the power to move up, you can't really go that fast. <laughs> yeah, well, and the game you makes you feel that struggle. Oh yeah, it makes you feel yeah. the struggle of the wind. You're really slow. Like you can, you're cold. It's there's a storm. It's snowy. You feel cold. I had my roommate next to me watch me play, and she's like, "That's just me in the winter of New York City." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it feels like it. It really, I feel cold right now." And there's that tiny little partner of yours, companion, that is over there, and it's been a while you haven't seen him. And you try to reach out to him, and you finally get closer. And as you get closer, you. I think not even metaphorically you like physically die because um, of that storm that that is too heavy and that world that really like is too big of a uh, element for you to resist from and then um, and then you go and you do that beautiful that beautiful path like all sunny and the snow in the mountains you fly there's carpets everywhere you do that path and then you join kind of like it's kind of like that road to paradise as I imaged it like the way I, I saw it yeah it's kind of like that road to paradise it's almost where, the afterlife of sorts mm-hmm. there's, there's so many metaphors you can make oh yeah and then uh you reach uh and then you think it's over and i i, I didn't get why the, the end just ended like that but then you get back to the snowy storm and you get on top of that mountain and i love how i walk side by side next to my companion and like you said i spam the bleep 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 
the the, the little <laughs> beep beep ling, like ling, we were communicating ling, ling. like when he would like beep four times i would beep four times and it'd be like us kind of like beeping after each other and uh and then the path would get narrower and narrower and narrower and then you side by side and then one has to be in front and then you kind of like your two shadows with the angle of the camera kind of like merge into one person and you enter that white light on the top of the mountain uh which you can give so many you know meanings to that but it was kind of like i was kind of like having a lot of feelings with that uh and i wish i could get a grasp and i wish i could have finished the game in one shot and i wish i could have just like get the all the emotions at once in one straight line playing that game but uh yeah it had a really nice touch to the feeling to the, to the finish because i didn't really do anything in that game it's not like i can die you cannot die in that game yeah you did you're it's it's a metaphor for life yeah <laughs> it's it's exact i think it's such a perfect name for the game i mean journey you realize in the grand scheme of the universe and just who we are regardless of whether you believe in something or you don't this you yourself you're just this tiny little entity in the universe and everything around you is beautiful you have to absorb it you have to make the connections that you can make and then it just ends and then you realize the beginning and the middle the middle is what mattered the most to get to that ending and you're like oh my god how have i been living my life <laughs> what have i been doing is is every is every interaction that i make meaningful is everything having some kind of impact that game messed me up for a good a good it sounds reason. like it did uh, <laughs> it, it's like even talking about it now it's it's one of those things that i played it my fiance played it first i played it after and we did it all in in one sitting and it's just it reminds you of how fragile everything is and it just how you have to enjoy everything in that moment and you're just like i can't i can't i can't handle this i can't deal mm-hmm. i'm like this is too this is too real but then you want to play it again and you want to tell everyone play this game this game is so i'm like this game is so real you have to play this game do it yeah. whether people get it or not it's totally different but everyone feels something when you play a game like that yeah yeah, that's true all right guys i want to ask you this question i want to go and do a little bit of a round table with a list of emotions we're talking about emotions in games here and i don't know if you know this but there was uh, for a long time people suggested there were seven basic emotions happy surprised afraid disgusted angry and sad but there's a whole movie based on this it's called inside out inside out <laughs> um but some researchers in glasgow mm-hmm. Scottish. that was Sounds not a fancy. good Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> so bad <laughs> we was yes uh daniel latimer age 11 broad church <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> there, computers and these researchers uh, think maybe there's only four types of emotions happy sad and then two hybrids afraid surprised and angry disgusted um, those are two hybrids based on the types of motions 
that our our face makes and our and our feels. So, mm-hmm. what I want to ask you guys is if we let's go down this list of four things, and I'm going to give you an emotion, and you tell me what game you think about when you think of this emotion. All right. Oh, interesting. Here we go. I'm going to start with happy. Any Mario game. I mean, they're just fun. Mario games are fun. They're happy. They're happy games. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Happy (laughs) is, to me, it's Mario. It's Mario all the way. And the the music's so happy. So I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. I I dig (laughs) this. Or really any Nintendo game. I mean, anytime you play a Mario Kart, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. This game is really good. Yeah. Even with the blue shell, you're like, it's it's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'll deal with it. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe. Animal Crossing, it's just... They're just happy games. When I think when I think Mario, I think An- and I think Animal Crossing and Nintendo, I just feel happy. It's a tough one because I was thinking about yeah, I was thinking about happy, but happy with a, a set of friends, like in co-op kind of like atmosphere. And I was thinking about one game, especially which is Mario Party. Oh, I never yeah. remember leaving oh, Mario. Yeah. I never remember picking up Mario Party and being sad or you know like it was a waste of time. Like it was always. The funniest time mm-hmm. ever in my life, probably. The company we've we've said all the jiggly puffin all the jiggly facts <laughs> about. Now we're all like, it's the happy we world. Love <laughs> it is right. <laughs> um, and Xbox and PlayStation is nowhere near fun. It's just destruction and weapons. And well, yeah, isn't that true though? That it seems like I mean, the when you have that idea of the best games on it, games. yeah, it's just like what is? It's gonna be intense. Now. Oh, oh my god. Oh, the ukulele. <laughs> Don't break so it. <laughs> you got scared. It's a ghost. The ukulele. I'm playing the same chord, but now I'm playing a slightly different one. And now. <laughs> it's Curtis. He knows we're talking oh, about him. Come on, there's going to be another. I'm, I must know one other chord. There it is. You got this. You got this. <laughs> Um, what games have made you sad Uh, believe it or not Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots Guns of the Patriots or Sons of the Patriots I'm like it's there's a Sons there's a Guns there's something in there (laughs) there's a Sons a Guns and a Son of a Gun it's something in there every time I've played it every time I've watched somebody play it it always messes with me mm. i can't even talk about it i'm just like the tears start welling up and i'm like i can't deal with it i can't deal well i'll bounce between two titles here uh for me and oh duh i'm so stupid final fantasy 7 <laughs> <laughs> the one we just talked about 20 minutes ago uh, the, the game we were just talking about final fantasy 7 no spoilers uh but is a game with a uh, such a heart-wrenching moment in it uh and uh, i can't deal i can't deal <laughs> you can't deal right um and it's it's one of those things where when it happens to you you can't help but feel something, and I remember playing it with my cousin and um, watching my cousin begin to cry as uh, as and <laughs> just two guys in a room playing a video game <laughs> crying. Uh, 
But it's okay to cry. Guys, it's okay to cry. Uh, Yannick, I know it's so hard to think of sad games. I can't remember of any. Yeah, like, it has to be, you know, I'm thinking about one adventure storyline based with a strong, strong identity to the, to the avatar I'm playing. But, I mean, I can't think of anything else than the one that I played today, Journey. I mean, it's, I was yeah. kind of sad. Uh, like, so not sad. that the end. It's not like a the end. The end is a... Is a mixed feelings kind of thing. A lot of stuff are going through your head, but overall, the experience is like kind of like sadness. There's a lot of stuff that you don't understand. There's a lot of stuff that make you see that you're just a tiny person um, mm-hmm. in this big world. Uh, you don't have, you know, the elements are overwhelming. Everything you kind of like a victim of everything that's happening <laughs> around true. you. The only thing that's good for you are the red carpets. That's how we're gonna live our lives. You know, I don't, I don't know where yeah. it is, but I think Think Geek sells the Journey scarf, so you can get the big, <laughs> the big long. Oh, I need it. Scarf. I need it. How about games that have made us feel uh, angry and disgusted? Bloodborne. <laughs> That's it. I'm out. Drop the mic. I Drop hate this mic. game. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Even today, I was like, I'm going to keep on playing it. The problem is that I have two hours ahead in front of me. So those two <laughs> hours are pretty much going to be dedicated to pain, waste pain, because pain. I'm going to die on that what? boss and I'm going to leave the game. No progression will be made. And I'm going to be a dummy because I'm going to buy Dark Souls 3 because it's going to no. be the exact same, no. exact same thing. <laughs> What are you putting yourself there? See, that's interesting to me because what you're saying there is that that's not necessarily a game that e- e- the game itself is telling you a sad story or or not a sad story, but an angry story or a disgusting story, although it is a little It's kind of gross. Uh, yeah. It's mechanics. <laughs> yeah. You feel it's that. It's the whole feelings out of this thing. I mean, every mob that you, not every boss, every mob that you kill is an achievement. <laughs> it's like right. super old school. And you never, you always have to re-question yourself because if you get too much in that routine, that next wave of enemy, you're just going to die on it and lose all your echoes and you have to come back. And all you farm for that last two hours, that's the worst part. The currency that you've earned, you can lose it at any time. And then you look back at the time. You look at the time is like (laughs) that's that's if you know that it's currency and you're leveling up and everything. You look at you look at the time and you're like, wait, it's four PM and you tell me that I have the exact same amount of money than when it was two PM (laughs) 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 Is that what just happened now? And then you hate it. You hate yourself, you're angry. Because you can only be angry at yourself and at that stupid game. You don't even feel sad for yourself. It's just like a you feel like a dumbass, like you're worth nothing. You're worth nothing in this life. I will tell you a game that is angry slash disgusting for me, and not because I was disgusted with the game um, or that the game made me in a fit of rage, but The Last of Us. Naughty Dog's The Last of Us. You can get it on PlayStation 4. It was on PlayStation 3. And this game has... Uh, a sequence in it with a, a certainly a disgusting character um, who you're sort of battling slash trying to run away from. And um, and the ending of the game certainly has moments where it's, it's either rage-inducing for you, not like, oh, I'm screaming at my TV, but in terms of you can feel how angry uh, your character is, um, or you can be angry with uh, the choices that that character makes at the end of the game. So I think that was an emotional roller coaster of a game for me in terms of anger and, and disgust that made me sure make that face, no doubt. 
I think Dead Space was gross. Dead <laughs> <laughs> Space, explain, explain me again what this game is about. Well, Yannick, you can get it for free. This <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's actually true. I, 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 that's how it sounded for get me. On. I was like, I heard about it this week. It's that. free. <laughs> Dead Space is a Resident uh, Evil 4 in space. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's so gross. Uh, what did it make babies. you angry, though? Well, it's it's gross. It's a gross game, and there's mutant alien babies coming after uh, to get yeah. you. It's, Anytime people do babies of any sort. Ugh. I can't. God of War has a lot of disgusting moments in it, too. Oh, no. You know which game is, like, really annoying? Uh, the one that... Dante's Inferno. Doesn't that have a character that has babies that come out of nipples? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took her a while. <laughs> like, it took her a while. I'm like, There's oh, not that yeah. many games when they do that, Sandy. <laughs> no, it, yeah. it was supposed to be the, the God of War with Dante, and I was super excited. I couldn't. I watched Daria play it. I couldn't play it. I was. It's gross. Yeah, I don't like it. It's a it. God of War esque. It's a God of War like. It's a Gao like. It's a poor copy. It had a great story, and they totally fudged it. And I don't like it. I'm angry right now thinking about it. This is the voice of anger. <laughs> what are your <laughs> emotions? Is that it, Ryan? <laughs> um, huh? Got more for us? Our last like one. Game. Our last one is. Afraid slash surprised. Okay, I'll start. I'll start. I've been. <laughs> you guys both just fell into a <laughs> sea of silence. It's like, what? Well, let me jog your memories with this particular title Rockstar's Red Dead Redemption. Oh, yeah. Has easily, easily, easily one of the most surprising. Uh, ends to a game and certainly moments of pure dread uh, (laughs) towards the end that have made me uh, afraid and surprised but uh, I'll also I'll cheat and do two games here too Um, the original Resident Evil 2 and Silent Hill these these type of old PlayStation 1 survival horror games they used to scare the crap out of me and the new survival horror games where you're in first person in all these that keep coming out also scare me but I love them <laughs> I love them to death our games all the way I would say Bioshock 2 I I played in the dark and I was playing as Alpha and I forgot that you play as Alpha oh. so I thought a big daddy was coming for me, but it was just my shadow. Mm. And the music really messes with you there. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Wait, I was just doing the Doctor Who theme, not the. <laughs> yeah, that is not Bioshock at all. Nope. Nice try, Rye. But I that sticks in my mind so, so much because I even, I texted, I'm like, oh my god, I scared myself. <laughs> That's me. That's me. <laughs> I know I'm missing a bigger piece in my memory, but I have two right now in my head. Uh, and why two? Because you mentioned one, Resident Evil, Evil Resident Evil Three for me. Oh, was, uh, oh, because that has uh, um, because it was my first. It was my first Resident Resident Evil. Evil. Oh, so that would be scary as hell. Plus uh, the yeah. tyrant. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you just keep busting down uh, walls and surprising you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I remember that right now that you mentioned it. And then there is another game that I don't even remember how it goes, but it was so scary that I maybe just you don't need didn't even play two hours of it. Alone in the dark. Yeah, 
Super right? scary game. Alone in the Dark on PS1? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was scary as hell. And I was too, I was just too young for those games. This is one of the games where I was like, my mom, I would have been like, why did you buy that game? Why did you make me buy it for myself? <laughs> you should have said no. You should have documented yourself and be like, no. No, there's Mario if you want. <laughs> That's true. And you Alone didn't. in the dark. That's a good pick. All right, guys. I think that does it for this week's editorial. Uh, listeners, as always, you can get every episode of the show for free at pixelsweekly.com. You can follow us at Pixelscast. I'm at Ryan Quintel. Sandy's at. Mm, it's super complicated. Just say it as fast as you can. <laughs> CGB. At <Mule>. super complicated. <laughs> super complicated. At super complicated. Um, and Yannick, you're. Yeah, I wonder at, if that's available. And Yannick, where can we follow you? Yan underscore Guillermo G U I double L E M O T. I'll let you guys know when I can pick up the at Yannick. That will be super awesome <laughs> if I can grab <laughs> that for someone. <laughs> Only I mean we have eleven million listeners. Um speaking Every of listeners, you can write into the show at pixelsweekly.com at just like a listener did Jordan Tushingham, I believe is how you say that last name. Uh, but Jordan said, good evening, ladies and gents. Just wanted to reach out and personally thank you for your hard work and your show. I'm a recent separated veteran, U.S. Coast Guard, which, what did, what did separated mean? We'd look this up, Sandy. It means he's no longer serving with the U.S. Coast Guard. He's no longer serving. So after he was done with the Coast Guard, he moved to Syracuse in New York with his beautiful wife and lovely daughter. That's I'm adding this in. I'm really bolstering it up for him. And he says, as I'm not familiar with the area because my wife grew up here and I was brought up outside of York, Philly, I find myself lost because I have no local friends or family despite my immediate to share gaming and tech with. She's not that into tech or gaming, so it's hard for her to relate. Yet. What? Sorry? (laughs) Uh, We'll get her into gaming. Yeah, we'll get her into it. (laughs) It's hard for her to relate with what I have to say, and I resorted to extensive YouTube, Twitch, and podcasts to get my fix and make me feel at home. Anyway, I stumbled upon your cast, instantly fell in love from the beginning. That is so sweet. Thank you, Jordan. I'm desperately trying to get my foot in the door in computer repair, as I've been doing that in my free time for years. But unfortunately, it's a lot harder to get into without a degree. So in the meantime, he's a mailman, which is crazy. What what a what a crazy job that must be seeing all those dogs and houses. I think that'd be a pretty cool job. You think so? You get see people's mail. Yeah, you get you see people's mail. It's federally protected. You would open it if it was just about you. It's federally protected in two ways because Jordan was trained to federally protect and now he's federally protecting the mail. So (laughs) anyway, he cramps his day with so many podcasts uh, and he gets so excited when new ones are releasing. So keep up the great work. It doesn't go unappreciated, at least by me. Uh, this is so cool, you guys. I, I'm i sure you like this as much yeah, as I Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's our first one. And when you sent it to me, I, I told all my friends and everyone. And, <laughs> and, uh, he did. And I, can't, I cannot thank him enough. And we're always going to try. I mean, we have 11 million people. So if all of them start, <laughs> we have 11 million listeners right now. So if they are all writing, we're probably not going to be able to read all of them in the show. But 
if you guys want to be featured and and get us to read your little comments and and bring i don't know sometimes you can also add some some parts to the discussion that we had today that how games move us tell us if you read the book if you liked it or not we'll we'll maybe debrief yeah we'll put a link in the the feedbacks next week check out the book yeah and so it's always it's always awesome to have those feedback from people for us that start this thing as a casual project taking it laid back but try to put some investment into it without us having a degree in journalism or whatnot it's always rewarding to see that actually people that are not our colleagues or friends get to appreciate what we do it's it it motivates personally myself it motivates me to do even better and and to keep on having fun doing this yeah we were so excited i know sandy you added him on steam and i i replied an email we're going to uh, look listeners we love you guys and if you write into the show and you want to engage with us we want to engage back so we're going to set up a session where we're going to figure out what game all four of us can play at the same time and hopefully we'll do that as a let's play at the end uh, of an episode either in april or may with jordan so that'll be cool Uh, The best thing that you can do for us, as always, is review the show on iTunes. Review. Five stars. (laughs) Five stars. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, as a teaser, before we get out of here, guys, we're going to have a special guest on the show next week. And he's from a website, maybe you've heard of it, called IGN.com. That sounds kind of indie. <laughs> that sounds professional. Are we going to have to be pro- professional? We're going to have to put on our professional <sighs> shoes, no doubt. I'm, I'm always professional. I am not in my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for this week's Pixel Weekly. And until next time. Aloha. Au revoir. And we'll see you next week.